0: and welcome to our latest patient safety podcast. Today we're going to be focusing on the recently published patient safety incident response framework. So key to the success of PSERF is the application of system-based approaches to learning from patient safety incidents. And as part of PSERF, we've developed a patient safety learning response toolkit. And that's what we're going to be talking about on today's podcast. So we have a number of guests with us today. Um, From NHS England's patient safety team, we have myself, Tracy Herlihy, Head of Patient Safety Incident Response Policy, and Lauren Mosley, Head of Patient Safety Implementation. From Fusere Mellius, we have Managing Director Darren Thorne and Jane Carthy. And Jane's a freelance human factors and patient safety consultant who worked with Darren at FM to develop some of our learning response tools. And from the Healthcare Safety Investigation Branch, we have Laura Pickup, who's a national investigator and a senior investigation science educator. So I thought it would be good to start with a bit of background to the toolkit. So Lauren, I was hoping we could start with you. And would you be able to tell us a bit about why the toolkit was developed?
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you, Tracy. Um, I think there are a a, a few important reasons for developing this toolkit to support PSERF. Uh, it's been a really important piece of work. One of those reasons is that through working with our early adopters, we realised that there wasn't a shared understanding of what a patient safety incident investigation was. So we thought there would be more awareness of this because we had started to talk about a systems based patient safety investigation under the serious incident framework. But most of the investigation leads we were talking to referred to RCA investigations or SI investigations. And it wasn't clear what a systems based patient safety incident investigation was and how it was different from what was done under the banner of an SI or an RCA investigation. So we knew we needed the tools and guidance to describe a patient safety incident investigation um, and to support the activities associated with that. Um, the, the, the toolkit is also important because PSERF is not just an investigation framework that specifies how and when to investigate. It recognises that investigation is one method to enable us to learn from patient safety incidents, but it's not the only method. And actually, in some cases, it it might not be the most appropriate method to use. And that's why we've got a variety of different methods and tools. Our first iteration of the framework was very focused on investigation. And we had patient safety investigation standards and patient safety incident investigation tools. But there was no guidance on other methods or or how and when to use them. Uh, And the more we unpicked this and the more we recognised we needed to provide further guidance. And actually, this was a really key finding and a recommendation from the independent evaluation we had of the early adopter programme that said there was a real gap um, and that we needed to provide more advice and guidance in this space. So we've responded to that. Um, And we've been able to work with some amazing collaborators along the way who are here today, Um, so including Jane, Darren, Laura, other colleagues at HSIB, and of course our wonderful early adopters and other representative users as well from different provider organisations. And now we've got a lot of tools and guides and templates uh, that provide a toolkit for organisations to use. Thanks, Lauren.
0: Yeah, there definitely is a lot of um, tools available and hopefully people have had the opportunity to to have a look at some of them. I thought I, I think maybe at this point it'd be useful to kind of give a quick overview of kind of the of the toolkit as it is presented on the website. So we've got we've grouped the tools into various stages of a learning response process, really. So starting with preparation. So these are things that should be completed in the early stage of a learning response. So it could include things like developing a stakeholder map. So who needs to be engaged as part of the learning response, defining terms of reference. So what are the boundaries of the learning response? We've got an an information log in there. So this is just a simple spreadsheet to have ready at the beginning of a learning response to log all information that's being gathered. And uh, the tools may or may not be applicable in in every case. Um, But that's why we're kind of describing it more as a toolbox for organisations to choose what's relevant for them, given the particular incident that they're responding to. So following on from preparation, we then have a number of documents that um, provide an overview of potential learning response methods. So this includes um, patient safety incident investigations, like Lauren mentioned. So what is it? What's the process? As well as a few tips. So including making sure that we're capturing the view from inside the tunnel so, you know, or local rationality. This is kind of very Sydney Decker field guide to understanding human error type stuff. So human error being in inverted commas. Um, and we also provide a brief table at the end of this document to suggest a process for analysis, which from my experience can often be the most difficult process to define. So how do we take all this information that we've collected and analyze it to understand contributory factors So then um, another method within within this folder is our multidisciplinary team review tool that can be used for multiple purposes. We have our swarm huddle tool to quickly gather insight after a patient safety incident. And we also signpost to a number of after action review tools. So there are already great resources out there about after action reviews. So we tried not to reinvent the wheel there and we're signposting to. Um, resources that have already been produced and I know um, some of the guests on the call will probably talk a little bit more about these tools later on. Um, So following on then from learning response methods, we have a number of um, everyday work guides. So this is looking at how it enables us to look at how care is delivered in the real world. So not kind of looking at how we envisage work is delivered um, as written in policies and procedures, but more so work as done every day. Um, And the tools here um, help with things like observations, cognitive walkthroughs, link analysis. And there's also kind of an interview guide within that folder. Um, we then have some tools for responding to broad patient safety issues, including things like horizon scanning and some top tips around doing thematic reviews, tools to help with synthesis. And then importantly, how the, the, the final folder is our kind of safety action development guide, where we have uh, a document that helps outline how to develop safety actions how to take the learning and and then translate that into meaningful improvement, as well as a debrief um, tool to help us work with with those who will be implementing the the safety actions. So there is a lot there um, and we're really looking forward to people having the opportunity to use them and also to let us know how it's going um, because we we kind of see this as being uh, very much an iterative um, process. and also while I'm thinking about it, we will we will have tools available on our future NHS platform as well. So any additional tools that uh, we accrue over the next little while, we'll be able to share them. And there are already a few tools up there, um, including a thematic review kind of template. So I would definitely recommend people check that out as well. And thanks to Sam Mackin for sending that over to us. Um, so we've used a single framework to tie all the tools together to ensure a consistent approach. So regardless of which tools organizations choose to use from within the toolkit, we've used a single framework, which people are hopefully becoming a little bit more familiar with now. Um, The framework's called SEEPS, so Systems Engineering Initiative for Patient Safety um, is what it stands for, SEEPS for short, which is much easier. Um, And I think when we we first look at SEEPS, like the image, the diagram, that we're becoming more familiar with now, it can be, quite overwhelming at first glance but we've tried to break this down so we have our seeps quick reference Guides and work system explorer that we're hoping will help um, break that kind of framework down to help organizations to start to unpick some of those system factors when they're looking at um, patient safety incidents or issues Um, so this is the nationally recommended framework and the one that we based all of our tools on um, but there are other system-based frameworks out there that organizations may choose to use and that's fine so we know that, you know hvacs is quite popular axi Maps and so on and, and organizations can continue to use those tools should they wish the the important thing is that we're taking a systems-based approach to how we're learning and improving and all of this of course is aligned with hsib's approach so although the national investigations often highlight the use of different methodologies and um, SEEPS has been used quite frequently in, um, in in a number of their investigations so I think now probably is a good time for me to stop talking but to, um, to hand over to Laura who's been waiting patiently so Laura's from HSIB and I was hoping Laura if you'd be able to talk a little bit more about how the tools um and the and the SEEPS framework align with HSIB's approach and how um, HSIB has contributed to the development of the toolkit.
2: Yes, thanks, Tracy. So no, you're absolutely right. So the systems approach is at the heart of what Healthcare Safety Investigation Branch aims to do with its investigations. And you're quite right, we also have adopted SEEPS really as that framework recognising and acknowledging, as you say, there are many others out there, but, you know, ultimately having that consistency and the mindset of a systems approach is, I think, what we're all uh, approaching uh, the investigation world with from your perspective and our perspective and having that common link. So I think we've worked together, haven't we, really, over the evolution of um, the toolkit but also the education programme that we put together at the Healthcare Safety Investigation Branch, again, is very much um, around the SEEPS framework. So the whole programme unpacks SEEPS and looks at um, the, the elements of SEEPS, but also how that can be used to look at an investigation. I, like you say, both retrospectively learning, but also prospectively really how we can learn from the way work's done. So it's been very much uh, backwards and forwards, I think. it. I, I, I think in the design world, we call it an iterative approach. And I think... think like you say your early adopters have been fantastic at providing a lot of feedback and also the trials and the tests that we've done with the education program we've got a lot of feedback in real time really on some of the tools and it's about how uh, it's how appropriate they are but also how practical they are how usable they are and I think we're continuing to learn in that area aren't we we will probably modify add perhaps take away I don't know but depending on comments really so the systems approach has been fundamental, as I say, at the heart of the toolkit, but also at the investigation sort of program. Um, we have developed, I think, a um, number of tools recognizing that as you say the investigation is a process so no one tool is going to do everything but also recognizing that you know we all have different ways of working so there are perhaps different ways to get at similar answers so also finding your way and finding a way for an organization may look slightly different between different organizations so those different tools are are there really to reflect that but fundamentally having that consistent systems mindset approach i think Um, The the way that the the tools do adopt an end to end process. So starting, as you've said, with the terms of reference and heading down towards how you elicit that information and analyse information. Um, looks very different to how you get towards the reporting and the recommendation side of things. And I think this term analysis is a very broad term that we find in HSEB. You know, we have many investigators looking at it from different perspectives with different backgrounds, but we come together, as I say, using different methods sometimes to achieve an analysis, but always with that systems focus, which is where SEEP sort of just runs through, is the thread that runs through, I think, the the approach that we have at HSEB. And certainly the approach that we we will continue to adopt um, in September when we launch again our L2 uh, training programme in this area. So ultimately, I think what we hope with the development of these tools and, and as you say, the learning that we will continue to gain with which tools are sort of more or less useful is how how best to work or how practically we can work to get a thorough and transparent analysis um, that we can ensure we can get that thematic learning that, that I know you're going to come on to um, which is going to be key and critical I think as we move forward really this learning response framework.
0: Thanks very thanks very much Laura I think I think you're right that there are there are there are several tools and not one of them is going to help you to kind of or help organisations to kind of capture the learning and improve it it's it's very much a toolbox approach and what we found through kind of testing them is that there is often a couple of tools that people really like and they run with yeah. and they really get a lot out of it and i think that's i think that's great there isn't going to be one size fits all across um for even for kind of different incidents within organisations and across organisations so um yeah we're really just interested in hearing about how people are using them and like you said it's definitely an iterative approach and maybe we will take some things away if they're not working and we will definitely add some things in in the future too um but darren i was hoping to be able to come to you next so i know lauren mentioned earlier on that um, yourself and jane have also contributed to the development of the tools Would you be able to tell us a little bit about your role and also any thoughts on how you think the toolbox will help improve how we learn from patient safety incidents?
3: Yes, thanks Tracy. I work closely with Jane on the development of the tools, thinking more laterally about how they can be applied beyond incidents. The horizon scanning tools are a really good example of how the new tools will help improve how we can learn from patient safety incidents. The tool enables you to look forward to identify systems gaps before an incident has happened. The forward look might be prompted by a member of staff raising a safety concern or a sudden increase in referral rates or looking for safety flags in coded episodes of care, in treatment pathways or unexpected events. For example, return to theatre or readmissions. I particularly like this tool because it comes with eight simple steps and with the the guide that comes with it, you've got a, a worked up example so people can follow through step by step how they might be able to implement it
0: thanks, Darren. I think uh, I, I absolutely agree about those kind of examples. Um, I think the examples in that we've included within some of the tools really help to kind of bring them to life, And we've kind of tried to include different examples from different um you know sectors, so whether or not it's kind of acute maternity, and mental health and so on. So hopefully they will help. Um, people to use the, the tool. So I guess if we don't mind moving on to Jane then. Uh, Jane, I was hoping you could describe a little bit about how the tools have been developed and also kind of any reflections from you based on your experience of patient safety incident response and how the toolbox will
4: influence practice. Of course, thanks Tracy. So initially we carried out a scoping review of the literature on complementary methods to investigation By complementary methods to investigation, we mean other approaches over and above investigation that can support health and social care teams to learn about systems gaps and work as done. Um, We then developed prototypes. Um, So prototypes of the um, MDT review tool, the swarm huddle, the horizon scanning tool, and the shared debrief tool. And we chose to develop these tools because they can be applied to a wide range of different situations and contexts and at different stages of the learning and improvement journey. So for example, one of the tools we developed was the Sites Work System Explorer, and that comprises a series of prompting appreciative inquiry questions, which will support health and social care teams explore work as done across the six elements of the SEEPS framework. And I think that's really important because it gives a language and a bridge for people who are non-human factor specialists to actually be able to understand what and how to unpack work as done in each of those six dimensions. Um, the swarm huddle, that builds on work some trusts have already embedded and enables insights and reflections to be sought quickly. The MDT review tool, that can be used to identify learning from multiple patient safety incidents. So, for example, incidents where uh, multiple patients were harmed, or to cluster a series of similar incidents together and aggregate the learning. So we um, we developed prototypes of the tools. Um, And for example, the horizon scanning tool that was developed to support health and social care teams, as Darren said, to have a forward look at potential or current safety themes or issues. You can explore a safety theme, a safety issue to proactively identify safety risks with the horizon scanning tool. And the prototype of the shared debrief tool Uh, We developed that, and that tool can be used in a variety of ways, including sharing the findings of a learning response or collaboratively developing and corroborating safety actions. And the acronym SHARE stands for Seen, Hear, Articulate, Response, and Embed. Once we developed all the prototypes, we carried out formative testing. Um, This gave us helpful feedback. Um, both from early adopter and non early adopter sites. And that led to further iterations of the prototype. We then shared the revised prototypes with colleagues from different trusts who tested them in real life situations. For example, someone in one acute trust uh, looked at a dysphagia patient pathway. Um, in another trust, they looked at reviewing the pediatric mental health admissions pathway. So, in terms of user testing, it was really important that prototypes were tested with both early adopters and non early adopters. Um, it was also vital that we empowered frontline healthcare professionals to pick up the prototypes and apply them in practice without a steer from us, because that really helped us to identify and resolve potential usability issues. As well as the um, learning response tools Darren and I developed a top tips to carrying out thematic analysis so that's in the form of a guide and and we chose to focus on that because in the conversations we'd had with early adopters and with other trust contacts it was identified as an area where further guidance was needed And we believe that that guidance will be useful for organisations when they're developing their patient safety incident response plans and for other situations where organisations and teams want to aggregate information from different data sets and sources to learn and identify systems gaps and key themes. We'd just like to acknowledge and thank everyone who contributed to the development of the learning response tools. I know you've uh, flagged and and thank the early adopters who've been amazing, Um, but also the other trusts who came forward who were non-early adopters have played an earlier role, an important role, and they know who they are. In terms of reflections on how the tools will improve our learning response, I think they'll rewire people's thinking because the starting point for learning is understanding the system and how care is delivered in the real world not in a world described in policies and procedures. The move away from error as a starting point towards looking at the system of care first is so, so important. It will help us evolve a just culture and focus on really fixing the underlying systems problems which create turbulence and which have for too long been tolerated as normal working conditions in health and social care. Thanks, Jane. And
0: I just to kind of pick up one of the things that you said
4: um, about when we tested
0: them with um, with um, early adopters and non early adopters is one of the things that really stood out to me was how people use them in ways that we hadn't imagined. And, you know, they, people were really innovative in the way they were using them, and which was really useful um, feedback for us and how we kind of could design them or kind of put, um, you know, um, some information about how it could be used um and again just to kind of reiterate you know thanks to our early adopters and non-early adopters who participated and contributed to the design because this has been key in um to making sure that the tools are hopefully usable but also kind of useful that people can pick them up and kind of use them almost immediately without having you know a massive manual or anything behind them on on how to do it um, so thank, th- thanks, Jane and and Darren and and Laura for all of your help in helping to and um, bring this all together. So I guess I was I was hoping that we could um, um end I guess on um, thinking about which one is our favorite tool. I know Darren, you've mentioned um, you've hinted at what what your favorite tool might be already. But um, if Jane, if I stick with you, if you were to pick one tool. Which would be your favourite or which one do you think will be the most useful?
4: So for me, the SEEPS Work System Explorer um, will really support health and social care teams to gain an insight into work as done. And I just think as a tool, it's a great starting point. It uses a series of appreciative inquiry based questions and that prompts people to really be able to explore a work system. Um, I love the fact that you referred to the innovation that we've seen, Tracy, and that's been an important part of developing the tools. And I'm really looking forward to see how people out there in trust take the Work System Explorer and make it better and innovate with it and apply it in practice.
0: Definitely. And we're we're very open to any feedback about the tools, whether that's via the Future NHS platform, um, through Twitter, people have our email addresses as well. But also there are many ways that people can get in touch and we're really open to kind of, you know, learning about how they're being used um, in practice. So Lauren, how about you? Which one is your favourite? If you can pick one.
1: Oh, it's difficult. I'm not sure I can. <laughs> I was thinking I was even changing my mind as Jane was talking. Um, I think for me, it might be, at the moment anyway, it might be the top tips guide um, for thematic analysis that Jane mentioned earlier and um, that Jane and Darren have led the development on. And I think that one's really important because there have been different challenges in the way that term is used and how the concept of thematic review or thematic analysis is applied within sort of an NHS non research context. I think. Firstly, we don't always um, think thematically enough when we're coming to allocating our resources to exploring incidents and issues. Usually, at least under the Serious Incident Framework, we selected individual incidents, considered them individually, um, and often there was an action plan associated with individual incidents rather than designing system-based actions are using intelligence from a variety of investigations or um, different sources of intelligence. So I think that's one thing. Um, kind of on the reverse, I think sometimes we've been too thematic or too high level in the way we have approached thematic reviews. Um, so, you know, often you see thematic reviews and they are, they can be quite broad and vague in the things that are described as problems. So I think we can all you know, point to examples of thematic reviews that have said team working or communication or risk assessment is the problem. But it's really hard to take that information and do something useful with it because we need to understand how and why those things are the problem so that we can improve. We can't just say improve communications or do better risk assessments because that doesn't get us very far. Um, so I think having this this tool to describe what thematic analysis is different different parts of of the sort of piece of process, if you like, as Jane described, it can be used right at the beginning when you're aggregating data to try and um, prioritise where you're focusing your response resource, and then at the end as well when you're aggregating the insight from that in depth analysis that you've done to inform. A safety Improvement Plan. So I think that will be a really helpful document, and again, really interested to see how that develops and helps to clarify and improve practice around thematic analysis in the future. Yeah, great, Laura. And I,
0: I think the way we've approached it in kind of it being a top tips rather than a here's a template off you go mm-hmm. is 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 quite a good way of doing it actually. So thanks to Jane and Darren for that, because um, because there are so many ways you can approach it, and I think that the top tips and kind of the, I guess, tips for want of a better word that, that it goes through can really help with the kind of the approach that people, you know, the mindset that you're taking yeah. before you start on the thematic analysis. And then, of course, we, we have the other tools on the future NHS um, platform, which can offer like a template should people wish to to use that as well. So I think you're right in that that is going to be a really useful document. And Laura, I noticed um, for the benefits of the podcast that you were nodding when Lauren was um Lauren was talking, I don't know if you agree or if um if that if that's one of your favorites or if
2: you had a different one. No, I absolutely agree. And uh, thematic analysis is so such a powerful, I think, approach and, and one I rely very heavily on in my investigations at all stages, as you say. And, and so much so that I think, you know, it's becoming it's coming through, isn't it loud and clear, certainly from our users. You know, how do how do they learn at a wider level and a wider scale across a number of um, investigations or incidents? And and, and we actually we've developed actually a, a bolt on training session that we're just testing in September. We tested it internally. We're going to test it externally because I think it, it, it reflects very much um, the top tips that Jane's put out. Um, and understanding those key principles. So absolutely, I think thematic analysis is going to be key. And it's just understanding what what it looks like, really. And I think, again, people will become innovative with that even, and we will see different ways of doing it. So I think absolutely. But I always wanted to pick up on something Jane said, because I think there are a number of tools here that provide and start to provide that common language that uh, we're referring to from a systems approach. And I think that's what the toolkit can help us do. So I think the communication about safety and from a systems perspective is going to be key. And I think some of the tools particularly allow um, greater visualisation, which I'm a bit of a fan of, if I'm honest, uh, because I think everyone can get around the table and comment in different ways about the same thing, the same image or the same findings, whatever it looks like. And I think, again, that's what a tool can do for you. Um, So for me, there are a number of tools there that allow greater visualisation that I think can then start to move towards sort of, well, whether it be thematic learning or or more co-design, if you like, or co-production of some of the recommendations and solutions, but from a systems perspective. So that we're all talking about those different areas of systems. So yeah, I, I'd probably not pin my nailed my colours to the mask there really with one favourite, have I? But um,
0: <laughs> that, that's <laughs> fine. But <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll allow that. And and I, I definitely agree. I love a picture, especially if there's sticky notes involved. um A picture with sticky notes would be my ultimate um tool. um But Darren, we'll we'll come to you. What 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 was your favourite?
3: I'm going to stick to my horizon scanning one. I think the uh, it really encourages you to look at different data that's available and to look at the intelligence that's in, within available within your organization. So you might start with your profile of incidents, but don't stop there. And there's so much available across your organization, whether that's informal information from focus groups, what staff tell you, uh, are the wicked issues from war to in theatres, whether that's the data around coding. Um, and you look across your organization, but also look up and out to see what the, the factors are that are influencing what's going on in your organization. So whether that's before or after um, in, in the care pathway. Um, but there, there were just so many different places to look. Staff survey is a really good example. Um, patient survey is a really good example. Um, complaints, PALS, triangulate, um, pick soft information, pick uh, more data driven information, and, and bring it all together through the horizon scanning tool.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think I think the horizon scanning tool is one of the the tools that very much helps us to be more prospective, you know, more proactive in the way we're kind of looking at safety. So we're not always kind of immediately reacting to something that's gone wrong, but looking more towards the future and kind of trying to anticipate and mitigate those risks before they emerge. I guess in want of a better way. So I guess. I've been quite um, sneaky and i while you guys have been talking, I've thought of three, my, I have a top three, um, if, that, if that's allowed, I'm going to say it is because um, I guess I'm hosting, um, but I guess the, the, my immediate go to one is the safety action development guide, because I, I think We've spent so much time thinking about the learning, capturing the learning, what do we do with the learning? How do we do a really good investigation? You know, how do we understand the system factors and the you know, and the contributory factors and so on? And but I think we've almost stopped at, well, then how do we take this information and generate meaningful actions for improvement? Um, And oftentimes in the past, you know, even working with some of our early adopters, we have thousands of actions that we ticked that have been done. And do we know that these actions are actually helping to improve safety? Um, So the safety action development guide is really there to help improve that part of the process. So we have this part of the process where we're learning, where we're generating new insights. Um, we synthesizing that information and then we have this part where we're um, generating action for improvement Um, and so that the safety action development guide is really to help with that with that last bit Um, and one of the important things that comes with it is that there's a there's a focus on monitoring um, rather than ticking an action um, has been complete so it's really important that we you know when we designed an action and it has to be designed and it has to be designed with the people who will be implementing the action so that's another big thing about it it's not that you know a learning response leave or an investigation team decides what needs to be done it very much needs to be kind of bottom up and collaborative and so once we've designed that action it's not just a case of ticking it when it's done it's monitoring it over time and then it gives us the opportunity to actually stop actions that we found actually aren't um, having the effect that we wanted to do so hopefully we're generating less actions we're abandoning the ones that we're finding aren't giving us the um, the outcomes that we were hoping and it's not that it's a waste of time by abandoning them it's, it's just kind of giving us more and enabling us to use our resource to invest in better alternatives so that is kind of one of my favourite kind of guides or tools um, another one that I like but also there's the, i guess a downside is the, is the kind of timeline tool so i think timeline the timeline tool is we always g- are going to need a timeline we always need something to enable us to tell a story but what i think is quite important about the tool as we've designed it is it also brings to the forefront some of the issues with timelines so it kind of really helps to um highlight that yes timelines are important but they can contribute to this kind of inaccurate simplification of a patient safety incident and they can be used in kind of a blamey way to kind of highlight you know if we've got a a step by step by step this happened this happened oh this is where it should have happened but it didn't Um, they can be used in quite a blamey way to to highlight exactly where somebody failed to do something. Um, So although we do have the timeline tool there because we do need to be able to tell a story and they can help us to do that, it is also kind of couched in this kind of warning about all the kind of downsides that come with kind of trying to create this linear um, picture of what happened in retrospect. So that would be my second favourite one, I guess. um, But then also my third one is just because I love a good acronym um, is the share debrief um, one. Um, and like Jane mentioned, so that share is kind of the process of debriefing. Um, so which which stands for seen, hear, articulate, respond and embed and I just like acronyms. So no a particular reason for that one, but I thought it worked really well. Um, and I, I think I've already mentioned that I really like how the tools have case studies because I think um, it really brings them to life. Um, so yeah, I kind of cheated and had a top three. So we we're we're, we're were together, Laura, and how we, um, we picked our favourites. Um, so I guess, um, is, were there any final thoughts from anybody on the on the call? Is there anything that you wished you had the opportunity to say on this tools podcast but haven't um, said yet?
3: Can I just make a comment about learning? So I think PCF provides a real opportunity to learn as an organisation and also with your partners that within your system. That's really important. But I'd really encourage organisations to learn from their peers as well. Um, you know, so if you're a mental health organization or, or any type of provider organization, you know, who are your peers across a wider spectrum, possibly even the whole of England, and how do you learn from things that are going wrong in other organizations? Um so, so that would be my, my my first final point. And my second final point is around actions in terms of be proportionate but pick high impact. You know, how many action plans have we seen that have got 30 or 40 things on them, telling someone to do something different, you know, really focus on high impact things.
0: Yeah, no, really good points, Darren. Thank you. Is uh, Anything from anybody
2: else? I just think we're learning, aren't we, as well? And I think I can't emphasise how much we need to hear. So every time I do an education session, I really, really mean, you know, really want to understand and really want to learn from those that are actually using them in the field, because... We have one or two investigations to do at a time. That's not the real world. You know, ultimately, those that are doing yeah. this, this is their day job, it's, it's a huge undertaking. So we need to learn, don't we, about the pragmatism and the practicalities of some of this as well. So, yeah, very much. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, Jane, how about you?
4: I think my, my final reflection is that, you know, for those people listening to the podcast, this will all feel very new and very different. And that can really make people feel quite understandably nervous. So as you go forward, try to remember um, feeling nervous, feeling apprehensive is normal. We're all in the same boat. And what the important thing about the toolkit is, is it really takes us to the position and the starting point that we need to be in by looking at the system and work as done. And everyone is in the same position as you are. Reach out to your colleagues, feedback to us, as Laura said. And, you know, this will take us away from doing what we've been doing for decades that hasn't improved patient safety. So it's really, really an absolute sea change and a landmark time for us all.
1: Yeah, that's a very important point. Well made. Thanks, Jane. Lauren? Yeah, it feels like a lovely point to end on there, Jane. But I think almost just to echo that, I think that was the experience of our early adopters and that at first, you know, they were offered all this choice and flexibility and it's daunting. I mean, it's very different to what we've always done. And, you know, it it took a, a little while into the process before they started to realise there was this opportunity to have a really different conversation. And the experience that our early adopters are now sharing are just... Um, so uplifting I think when they're saying that these tools have enabled them to collaborate to have open conversations and just to take that sort of fear away um, and I really hope that that is what other organizations will will start to see but as you say Jane it, it is a process and I'm sure it will feel quite scary at first but um, the early adopters are there as well as, as you know uh people doing this day in day out that have started to see the the benefits so um not to overwhelm them but you know to to make the most of their expertise and experience too uh, but yeah that's it for me i think yeah great thanks thanks lauren
0: and and i yeah and i guess we're here as well to help as much as we can our, our team of two in the um national patient safety team but also we have um the rest on the call here i'm sure We'll be happy um, to help and to learn from everybody out there who's using the tool. So I think we'll leave it there. So thanks very much, everyone um, who's been on the call today. Thanks to our guests, Lauren, Jane, Darren, Laura. Um, for those who are listening, if you're looking to find out more about Psurf, the best place to start is visiting the NHS England website, which you can find by simply googling Psurf, or the URL is england.nhs.uk forward slash patient safety forward slash incident response framework um, definitely keep an eye on twitter where we'll be posting updates and you can follow us at using um at ptsafety nhs um, and you can also access a range of resources and discussion forums on the p section of our nhs safety NHS patient safety future NHS workspace there's a lots of NHS and safety in that in that title but hopefully people know where it is now and are able to find it and with that thanks for listening